are so made. So much to talk about. It's Wednesday, January 11th. Welcome to Fox Souls Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelia Corte. We are honored to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across Black America and the stories that impact our people. We're going to continue to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's tap into one of the top stories of today. There's an uproar in the nation's capital following the deadly shooting of a middle school student. Police say they found 13-year-old Karan Blake early Sunday morning suffering from multiple gunshot wounds after being shot by a resident who says Blake was breaking into cars. A community meeting Tuesday night drew more than 300 angry citizens packing a community center adjacent to Brooklyn Middle School uh, that Blake attended. The shooter has not been charged with a crime or publicly identified, but police and the U.S. Attorney's Office says the investigation is ongoing. In Deerfield Beach, Florida, the parents of a one-year-old is in custody after police say a lethal combination of drugs were found in the child's system. The Homicide and Crime Scene Unit investigator says that the parent, 33-year-old Shanika Dean and 30-year-old Wendy Prevail, failed to provide the care, supervision, and services necessary for one-year-old Zaire. Investigators say Zaire died from a lethal intoxication of drugs, including fentanyl. The sheriff's office says Dean and Prevail were arrested on Monday of uh, this week for aggravated manslaughter of a child in possession of fentanyl. Now, follow up to a story you may be familiar with. The woman accused of shooting and killing 27-year-old black cowboy Demetrius Allen is back in police custody. 22-year-old LaShawn Bagley is charged with one count of domestic violence murder and nine counts of felony discharge of a firearm. Bagley was previously arrested in Salt Lake City, Utah for allegedly shooting Allen, her on again, off again boyfriend. Bagley apparently called 911. Now, during uh, that alleged shooting, the officer asked her about the, uh, the operator rather, asked her about the loud noises being heard on the call. Bagley answered with quote, I'm shooting, adding that she was out of bullets. Investigators believe jealousy was the likely motive as police said Bagley was angry with Allen because he was romantically interested in her friend. Police in Ohio are suspecting foul play in the disappearance of a Columbus woman. Officers say that 33-year-old Sequoia Cooper was last seen on August 31st, 2021. She left her house on the north side of Columbus, Ohio around 11.30 p.m. to go to a nearby convenience store. She was driving her 2009 black Ford Fusion. It's unclear if Sequoia ever made it to the convenience store and was reported missing the next day. Detectives on the case do believe there are witnesses in the community that could help bring closure to the family and this case and are working to establish better trust in order for those with information to step forward. To California now, where at least 17 people are dead. Heavy rains continue to cause widespread flooding down trees and mudslides. It's a dangerous situation. Take a look at this video showing a driver and passenger trapped in their car during a flash flood. Crews had to use a ladder to reach them and eventually pull them to safety. California is seeing uh, four to six times more rain than usual over the past week and more 
is expected today. And this has been an ongoing concern, ongoing safety measures, and to the point where we are losing lives. It's just so detrimental and devastating. You can't control Mother Nature. So it's, it's about preventative measures. It's about safety. It's about listening uh, to those in charge of keeping us safe and, and some prayers as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's also about climate change. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about climate change, but you know, what's happening in California, what we've seen happening in so many different parts of the country are an example of what climate change can look like in real time. I grew up uh, in Northern California and spent a lot of my life and career in the Golden State, and I've never seen uh, a, mm -hmm. a, a series of storms just continue to batter mm -hmm. California like we've seen recently. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've been on the phone and, and texting with my mom and family there, and, and they haven't seen anything like it either. Yeah, and, and most times the ask from Mother Nature is for rain in, in, in those parts, especially, you know, as you as you move into more uh, deserted areas. And so to be in a situation where you're getting too much, it's like uh, it's like a hit or miss. So this is the type of torrential downfall, if you will, needed maybe to help put out those fires uh, that, that that was happening, that were happening the past year or so. Uh, and so it's just very interesting as to what we have to continue to contend with weather-wise. You've yeah. got too much uh, rain here, not enough there, too much snow here. It's just, it is just amazing. And um, again, I don't know how we go about uh, continuing to to help this situation along in regards to what we can do as humans uh, to to aid the earth in turning this situation around for us. Well, to your point, you know, hopefully this does something about the drought uh, yeah. in California. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully uh, we're capturing as much of uh, that water, as much mm -hmm. of that snow uh, as possible. Uh, and maybe that's something that we can do uh, to, you know, prevent uh, you know, even worse devastation when things dry up. We fuss so much on agreeing what we can do that we miss out on doing something. That's right. You know, That's right. Uh, to Tennessee now, a hot mess coming out of a police department there as five officers have been fired and three others suspended, stemming from allegations that they participated in several intimate relationships and sexual acts. Now, according to an internal inquiry officer, Margan Hall, that you see here, the young lady is said to have, quote, engaged in sexual relationships relationships with six different officers. You see three of them pictured here, uh, ranging in ages and races. These incidents allegedly occurred at hotels, on a boat, and at gatherings one of the police officers organized. Reports also detail that Hall engaged in several of these occasions while on duty and inside city-owned property. Attorneys in Michigan are arguing that the former Michigan police officer who shot a black motorist in the back of the head during a struggle over a taser should not have to stand trial. Ex-Grand Rapids officer Christopher Schur is charged with second-degree murder in the death of Patrick Loyoya. On Monday, Schur's attorney filed a motion seeking to toss out a ruling that a jury trial should be held in the case. Schur's lawyers say the filing that sure acted uh, in the filing that sure acted in self-defense and that Michigan law allows police officers to use deadly force to stop someone from fleeing and to make an arrest. 
To politics now, where GOP Representative Byron Donalds says Republicans are taking steps to impeach President Biden. Many lawmakers are saying the act is just to get revenge on Democrats for impeaching Donald Trump while using Byron Donalds as a prop in order to further their causes. Donalds was nominated last week by House Rep uh, Republicans to be House Speaker, if you may remember. Now, his nomination came as Democrats displayed unity around their nominee, New York. York Representative Hakeem Jeffries, who, like Donald's, is black. It made for the first time in U.S. history that both Democrats and Republicans nominated a black person to lead their party in Congress. An update on the FAA outage that grounded flights across the country this morning. The FAA lifted the grounding order that was caused by a computer outage early this morning. Nearly 4,000 flights were delayed. More than 600 canceled, leaving passengers again stranded, while others debating going back into the sky. I'm starting to dislike airports. It's like, no say, I'm just not getting used to flying because I'm not one that normally flies until I got over my fear of heights. So I've been getting comfortable with it, but now this seems like this is like the second time I came across a problem flying period, whether it came to a delay or uh, some kind of malfunction anywhere. The cause of the delays in temporary ground order was due to a nationwide Federal Aviation Administration system outage. I'm sure that's going to cause a mess. And speaking of just that, fresh off its holiday meltdown, Southwest Airlines is hoping to drum up some business. The airline is offering a flight sale with tickets as low as $49 one way for select flights between January 31st and May 17th. This sale comes as Southwest predicts it will lose some $800 million due to last month's cancellations. The ticket sale ends tomorrow, so you got to hurry up and tap in and, and hopefully save if, in fact, Southwest is offering us a flight pattern that suits your traveling needs. Yeah, I mean, a good deal is a good deal. Yeah. And I know Southwest put a lot of folks through it, especially mm -hmm. uh, during the holidays. You know, we didn't need any additional stress, and, and uh, uh, that's what Southwest oh, uh, seemed to, to us. give us in spades <laughs> during the holidays. But uh, in recent weeks, it seems like they're really trying to to make up for it. The $25,000 yeah. reward credit, uh, which essentially is a $300 ticket. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, you know, dropping the prices, you know, for a limited uh, period of time. And mm -hmm. so, you know, definitely steps in the right direction. I'd like to know what happened to all of that luggage. Did you see those uh, viral yeah. pics of, yeah. of the luggage that got caught up and all of those cancellations and, and delays and, and that literally basically a shutdown? I, I'd love to know if those folks were able to, um, you know, regain their luggage and all their, their possessions. That's, that's something that uh, I'd like to know, how they went about handling that debacle. Yeah, on they, top of the flights. They definitely have a lot of work to do, yeah. um, and but they're not alone. I think a lot of airlines have I did work see to other do. Airlines. You know, following the the FAA mm -hmm. uh, glitch in the system, mm -hmm. um, while you know the glitch has been solved for, I mm -hmm. think it you know people forget it takes a minute you know for all those grounded oh, flights man. you know to get back up in the air again, and so you know the. Uh, the uh, aviation industry has They're their work it. cut out for them. <laughs> They've been catching it but, lately. But, you know, we're paying top dollar for these we tickets. We are, we are, and it's, and it's one of the most convenient uh, way to travel, and I know the young man in the piece was concerned about safety, but if you look statistically, it is a very safe way uh, to travel, more so than um, driving. It just can be an absolute headache at times. It can be, mm -hmm. but, you know, get your TSA pre-check. <laughs>
get your clear. A little clear. Right? You know, it makes a difference. It really does. You know, and also put your mask on. That's right. Yeah, that's really important. Coming up, there are shocking new numbers relating to the employment of the black community. You don't say. The latest from the Labor Department and who's impacted most by the job market. Those stories and more coming up on Fox Soul's Black Report. In Michigan, Jenison Public Schools says students who harassed a black player at a basketball game were given out-of-school disciplinary action following an investigation. It's a video making the rounds online. Take a look. show students at Jenison High School uh, making monkey sounds and gestures directed at a black player from the opposing school during a December 16th basketball game. The most recent state data available shows more than 80% of the student population at Jenison is white and less than 2% black. The district spokesperson said, quote, we are working with outside experts who specialize in race, community leaders, students, and staff to have meaningful conversations on how we can make tangible and lasting change. In Kansas City, Missouri, Legislative Black Caucus Chair Marlene Terry spoke out this week on the University of Missouri's decision not to punish a student for sending racist messages through social media. Terry believed what the student said was wrong and that her language caused genuine distress among the black student body, leaving them feeling unprotected and unappreciated on campus. Terry's comments come a day after a review by the university determined it had no grounds to discipline the student. According to the university's review, the student's racial slur was expressed in a direct message to her friend and not communicated in a way that harassed any individual, giving her First Amendment protection. Hmm. All right. According to a new study co-authored at UC Berkeley, a young, well, young Asian and white men without college education uh, are paid more, sometimes far more than both black men and women of all racial groups. Now, in recent years, about one third of young Americans have stopped their education after high school. That projects to projects rather to roughly one million less educated young people every year entering a job market that increasingly requires advanced education and training to earn even a middle-class salary. Uh, Latin and black people are overrepresented in this group. The findings suggest that employers devalue the work of young black men without a college education to a greater degree than they do the work of white, uh, Latin, and Asian men without a college education. Data from the Labor Department shows that unemployment rate for black women increased by 0.3 percent. CNBC reported the rate went from 5.2 to 5.5 percent in November. 
Michelle Holder, senior fellow at the Washington Center for Equitable Growth, says we have regained jobs lost, but it's still impacting a group of people. Holder says the industrial mix has changed and has impacted the distribution of joblessness by gender, race, and ethnicity, particularly among black women and Latino men. There is light at the end of the tunnel, soulmates, it's okay. Experts say there is room for growth when it comes to the hospitality and leisure space. Black women and Latin men are well represented, but it's still below the pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, and, and prior to the story, I think I was saying Latin, it is a Latino uh, as well. And I wonder how much is being uh, factored in uh, in regards to, again, the, the pandemic. We talk about the negative fallout of the pandemic, but on the positive side, in particular for black women, we said, you know what, we're going to take our career back or in our own hands. And a lot of us started uh, new, new businesses, uh, uh, not necessarily brick and mortar, but a lot of online businesses. And we, we delved into those areas of opportunity. And for some of us, uh, black women in particular, it allowed us to leave uh, either corporate America or, um, you know, maybe blue collar uh, jobs that they, the industrial jobs that they spoke of. So I wonder if that was really um, considered uh, in that uh, statistic because I know for the most part, black women have been pretty sturdy and stable uh, in the workforce. It's a slight decrease, and that could have something to do with, with folks redirecting their lives during that pandemic in the ways that we were inspired to do so. Yeah, and I think it's also another reminder that, you know, we are still recovering from the pandemic. I know even though, you know, we, you know mask mandates, you know, um, you know, are sort of a thing of the very recent past right now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it seems that, you know, things are back to quote unquote normal, uh, but the job market doesn't reflect that. And I also wonder how much uh, the work from home policies are influencing these numbers, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we, we saw that the flexibility that work from home offered uh, really made a difference uh, to uh, folks in the workforce that could take advantage of that benefit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think we got to continue to watch for a trend, mm. uh, uh, but uh, it's good to know that in the hospitality industry uh, that there is opportunity, you know, for uh, black folks, particularly black women. Yeah, that's good to know. We'll keep uh, on top of those statistics. With uh, bipartisan congressional support and just under $1 billion in federal funds, the 988 Mental Health Helpline has quickly expanded its reach in the six months since it launched with over two million calls, texts and chat messages pouring in. It couldn't have come at a more needed time. Depression rates in the U.S. amongst uh, adults, you got overdose deaths and suicide rates. They have all been on the rise. The 988 helpline registered over 150,000 more calls, texts and chat messages during November of 2022 compared to the old National Lifeline. Uh, in November of the previous year, that's 21, according to the latest data available. States are expected to receive more money to fund the line from the $1.7 trillion end-of-the-year spending package, which set aside another half billion dollars for this particular project. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has struck down a Trump-era ban on bump stocks. The latest ruling in a lawsuit filed by black Austin gun store owner uh, who says his guns were taken unlawfully. Take a listen. The Fifth Circuit of Appeals in New Orleans decided the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives did not have the authority to define bump stocks as machine guns, which are heavily restricted. 
A bump stock attaches to a semi-automatic rifle to allow a shooter to fire continuously by using the recoil of the firearm to hit the trigger in rapid succession. Bump stocks were used in the 2017 Las Vegas shooting that killed 58 people and injured hundreds, and it spurred political pressure to ban the devices nationwide. And at the end of 2018, the Justice Department gave bump stock owners 90 days to destroy or turn in the devices. What happened in Las Vegas was terrible, um, but to do a knee-jerk reaction and just to go in everyone's home in the United States and grab a particular product just because a person might have used that product is not the American way. Central Texas Gunworks owner Michael Cargill surrendered his bump stocks but wanted to fight against it, so he filed a lawsuit against the Department of Justice and ATF. He says the case is not about gun control, but who has the constitutional right to change the law, stating the Justice Department doesn't have the right to issue the ban. The federal government cannot rewrite law. You know, this goes, we're talking about triggers, we're talking about AR pistols, we're talking about everything that the ATF wants to ban. We're saying you need to stop because you just can't change your mind one day and create a law. You can't do that, you can't ban something. Congress has to write a law and that's how it becomes. The Biden administration, which defended the law in court, may appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, this is just another uh, example of the epidemic of gun violence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have folks that are, are trying to are trying to find solutions. Um, and uh, the law, the court will decide whether or not some of these solutions are an overreach by the government. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of us watch stories like that. And, and you know, we wonder, well, you know, why does anybody need a bump stock? Why do you know, you know why does any you know, responsible gun owner sort of need that product um, you know, that we has seen that we have seen be used to murder people mm -hmm. in mass, you know, again and again and again and again, right? And so I think there are, while there are people that may agree with that, I think the way in which the ATF sort of went about uh, addressing this, mm -hmm. um, you know, may be outside of their authority. And so um, it's just another reminder that, uh, you know, we have this log jam uh, in Congress in terms of, you know, passing meaningful legislation to do the thing that so much research says we can do mm -hmm. in order to stem the rise in gun violence. Law jam. I, I, I like how you how you phrase that. Listen, um, I, I believe in the in the right to to bear arms. Uh, I do believe it is, a, again, a daunting task to kind of politic that and, 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 and put policy and lay policy on top of that right. Um, it, it sounds like this is a, an, an accessory to this particular uh, type of uh, weapon. I, I agree with you. Why, why would you need it? Are you shooting? If it's for hunting purposes, maybe are you shooting that many deer uh, at one time? Um, but if it's an accessory that's being used more uh, for human carnage, that's been proven to, to be used more in horrible situations like Vegas, I do believe that deems it to be looked at as if it's necessary and maybe, um, you know, putting some type of policy on it. So, uh, again, it, it's, it's a tough, sticky situation, um, but I'm, I'm about life and, and preserving life and, 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 and not having to report on these mass shootings where these type of uh, accessories or guns are being used. Yeah. All right. The dizzying spread of the newest Omicron variant, XBB 1.5, also nicknamed 
Krakin uh, has, has public health experts warning of yet another potential COVID-19 wave here in the U.S. Now, experts from the World Health Organization say while the severity isn't clear yet, it's the most transmissible form of Omicron to date. This wave of infection could cause disruptions amid an early historically bad respiratory virus season and continue to drive up hospitalizations, particularly among uh, the elderly and those whose um, immune systems are comp compromised. Now, this comes at the same time, pandemic era investments in virus surveillance, new vaccines and treatments are actually winding down. The public has largely abandoned mitigation strategies like masking and far lower uptake in the booster than anticipated. Meanwhile, members of the military are no longer required to get a COVID vaccine. The Pentagon is formally dropping its vaccine mandate, closing the chapter on what had become a heated political issue. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says while the vaccine is no longer mandatory, it's still encouraged. More than 8,400 troops were forced out of the military for refusing to get the vaccine. Thousands of others sought religious and medical exemptions. No word yet on if they'll be reinstated now that the mandate has been lifted. And to Florida now, where the appeals court in Miami is preparing to take up a White House rule requiring passengers on public transportation to, you guessed it, mask up. This comes nine months after a federal judge in Tampa struck down the pandemic rule while put in place to stop the spread of COVID-19. Critics of the rule argue the order does nothing to identify those with COVID-19 as a step to quote, isolating and treating them. However, attorneys for the Justice Department say the mask rule falls within the CDC's legal authority. The court will hold a hearing next Tuesday. And uh, this is all drumming back up. It, it, you know, if you really take a look at the stats, they never really went away. I just think as a society, we wanted to move away from it. I always thought that even early on in, in the pandemic, I felt like this thing, uh, COVID-19 and all of its cousins, its variants were here to stay and we were going to have to find a way to, um, you know, integrate the thought of prevention uh, into our lifestyle, much like we do the flu. You know, generations and generations ago, the flu was very deadly. Uh, we were able to advance, you know, scientifically and, and medicinally speaking, so that's not the case. And I just think, you know, we're just going to have to continue to wrap our minds around this is, this is what COVID is going to be all about and hoping that we can, you know, stay a few steps ahead of these variants and when need, you know, uh, uh, hanker down and, and put masks back on yeah. and be a lot more vigilant, you know, especially in the winter months when it seems to sort of kind of uh, come off the charts as far as stats are concerned. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's important that we remember from how far we've come mm -hmm. and remember the darkest days of the pandemic. Uh, well, nobody wants to return to those days. Remember the over 1 million Americans that uh, died of COVID-19? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to see, you know, uh, that kind of loss uh, on our TV screens again and again. And so it's, it's dependent on us all doing our part. And in order to do our part, that means we've got to trust our public health officials. We've got to, you know, trust folks that study this stuff really closely and, and do all the things that we can do. And so booster shots, vaccines, masking, I mean, there's so many more tools that we have in our toolbox now mm -hmm. compared to the darkest days of the pandemic. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that we never 
go back to those days Ever. and and also keep in mind our healthcare workers mm -hmm. right are exhausted mm -hmm. And They've so, never had a break. We right? talked about that yesterday. And so don't, don't we owe it to them, you know, to at least do our part, mm -hmm. right? And, and so mandate or no mandate, you know, uh, I keep my mask close and, and yeah. I think it's a pretty good thing to do. Yes. I think that's all that the public health officials are asking. Especially in close quarters and, and those winter months when we're when we're right up in each other's face. And that's we're talking right. about we're in it on the airplane. That's, that's right. That's a for show sure right on for uh, me. <laughs> exactly. All right. You, you get two coughs. Listen. <laughs> you get to that third cough and a put window my mask seat on. so you can turn that in, right? <laughs> all right, after months of extensions, Georgia's suspension of the state's motor fuel tax gas has expired, leaving many drivers upset and looking for a solution to the price uh, hike at the pump. It went up about 30 cents. Drivers like Bahani McDaniel are getting a rude welcome at the pump Wednesday morning as prices have spiked overnight. The reason? Georgia has reinstated its gas tax. The tax, which works out to 29.1 cents a gallon, had been on hold since March of last year. Look, I signed it as quick as the bill got to me to give Georgians relief at the pump. Faced with record high gas prices last spring, Governor Kemp and lawmakers suspended the tax. He then renewed the suspension seven times before allowing it to come to an end at midnight Tuesday. Because we suspended the motor fuel tax, the cost of a regular gallon of gas in Georgia has consistently been one of the lowest in the nation. The suspension has provided relief for drivers, but it also has cost the state about $1.7 billion in funds used to fix roads and bridges. So like all good things, the gas tax holiday has come to an end. As you can imagine, folks filling up early Wednesday morning weren't exactly happy about having to pay more. Mm. According to AAA, the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded gas in Georgia currently is about $2.81, much lower than the national average of $3.27. Yeah, so listen, um, it is time to uh, tap back into all kind of fuel rewards. <laughs> I know, you know, we're here in Michigan, Detroit, our, our headquarters, so sometimes walking or cycling or sometimes waiting for public transportation isn't always the, the best answer. If in fact you're blessed with uh, transportation, um, we, we don't have like a subway here. So I, you know, listen, um, it's gonna be tight. It's gonna continue to be tight uh, for lots of folks. I know for me, um, I have to use the premium. For me, it's like uh, just under $80 mm -hmm. uh, with, with the rate of gas. And that's with my little fuel rewards things that I've tried to, you know, tap into. I don't know, maybe only, you know, getting in that car and driving where it is you have to go point A <laughs> to point B and back to point A. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I, I just filled up last week and it was $102 uh, to, to fill up my tank. Yeah. Um, I think I have a 20 uh, gallon tank. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I think about the effect that this rise in fuel prices are going to have on, you know, everybody along the chain, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, expect prices in grocery stores to go up, expect, uh, you know, prices uh, at your favorite uh, retailers mm -hmm. to go up. Uh, and, you know, for folks that are just struggling to make ends meet, yeah. um, I'm thinking about those yeah. folks. The ride in you know, shares. That, that, did, that didn't yeah. even see this, this coming, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, uh, hopefully uh, the folks in Georgia can get a handle on this. Yeah. Because um, if, if anything, I mean, you know, gas prices go up and down, mm -hmm. you know, but for there to be such a significant hike. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about With no thir warning. 30 cents and nobody saw it coming. That doesn't seem very 
very yeah. fair. Drive ride chairs, uh, you know, the, sometimes you, you fill it in the in the fares of the public transportation. It's actually a trickle out effect. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, there's no words sometimes. Yeah. There's no words. Yeah. All right, still ahead, playing tribute to uh, the Divine Nine, paying tribute to the Divine Nine. That's right. Find out which brand is teaming up to release a black Greek inspired line. We love to Come see it. it. Come with it. You're watching Foxhole's Black Report. We'll be right back after this. So, mates, if you're just joining us, how about if we run back some of the top stories of the day in Deerfield Beach, Florida, the parents of a one year old are in custody after police say a lethal combination of drugs were found in the child's system. The homicide and crime scene unit investigators say that the parents, 33 year old Shanika Dean and 30 year old Wendy Prevail, uh, failed to provide the care, supervision and services necessary for one year old Zare. Uh, Zayar died from a lethal intoxication of drugs, including fentanyl. Police in Ohio are suspecting foul play in the disappearance of a Columbus woman. Officers say 33-year-old Sequoia Cooper was last seen on August 31st of 2021. She left her house in the north side of Columbus, Ohio, right around 1130 at night uh, to go to a nearby convenience store. She was driving a 2009 Black Ford Fusion. It is unclear if Sequoia ever made it to that convenience store and uh, it was report she was reported missing the next day. At least 17 people are dead. This is happening in California where heavy rain continues to cause widespread flooding down trees and mudslides. You can take a look uh, and see in this video here. There's a driver and a passenger that were trapped in their car during a flat Flash flood crews had to use a ladder to reach them and eventually pull them to safety. California is seeing four to six more times uh, the rain than usual over uh, the past few weeks and more is expected today. To Tennessee now, oh, just a hot mess as five officers have been fired and three others suspended stemming from allegations that they participated in several intimate relationships and sexual acts. Now, according to an internal inquiry, Officer Morgan Hall, who you uh, see here pictured, uh, is said to have engaged in a sexual relationship with six different officers in her department, ranging in ages uh, and races. You can see three of them uh, posted here in the pictures. The incidents allegedly allegedly occurred at hotels uh, on a boat and at gatherings that one of the police officers put together. Reports also detail that Hall engaged in several of these um, acts and occasions while on duty and inside city-owned property. Thank you, Courtney. Now off to Virginia, where a judge dismissed an argument this week that Charlottesville violated an open government law with its 2021 vote to give a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee to an African-American Heritage Center. The Heritage Center plans to melt the Lee statue down and turn it into a new piece of public art. The Trevelyan Sta Station Battlefield Foundation and the Ratcliffe Foundation are seeking an injunction to stop the statue's destruction and relaunch the bidding process. The two organizations' bids for the statue failed and the city council voted to give the monument 
to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center, a local black history museum. An October gag order has barred parties from disclosing the location of the statue, which was at the center of the deadly 2017 Unite the Right rally. According to reports, a one-day bench trial is scheduled for February 1st. And a national group of black librarians canceled a July meeting in Indianapolis after the local library declined to permanently hire a black woman who was already serving as interim leader. The Indianapolis Public Library Board decided not to appoint Nichelle Hayes to lead the library. Some board members said she wasn't qualified despite serving eight months as interim chief executive. The Indianapolis uh, Star reported this. Now, the top job was offered to Gabrielle Morley, former head of the New Orleans Library, but he declined after the backlash. Those uh, part of the Black Belt region in, Al in Alabama will finally be honored. President Joe Biden recently signed bipartisan legislation that designates Alabama's Black Belt region, which its rich history uh, and civil rights, uh, particularly the civil rights movement, uh, as a national heritage area as of 2022. There were only 55 designated national heritage areas, populated areas where historic, cultural, and natural resources form a nationally important space. According to several news sources, Biden's signature represented the successful culmination of an advocacy campaign by the Alabama Black Belt Heritage Area Task Force that began in 2004. Willie Phillips has been named acting chairman of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. The appointment by President Biden makes Phillips the first black to lead the commission. He was previously nominated by Biden as a commissioner to the commission in September of 2021. Phillips officially joined in December 2021 when he was appointed by Biden and Congress then at that point approved. After nearly 40 years as a pastor in Chicago, one man is hanging up his robe. James Meeks delivered his last sermon on Sunday at the Salem Baptist Church, the largest African-American church on the South Side. Meeks reportedly founded the church in the mid-1980s, and today it boasts at least 20,000 members. Reverend Meeks is the first and only senior pastor of the church. He announced his plan to retire in June 2022. Wow. I used to live not too far from there. Wow, what a moment. Uh, Reebok's newest uh, capsule collection, Yard Love, is set to honor the Divine Nine. The new hoodie and t-shirt capsule honors uh, the Black Greek life and will come in the colors uh, used by the historic sororities and fraternities, pink and green. <laughs> first and the finest. Thank you. Uh, crimson cream, black and gold, uh, blue and white, blue and gold, uh, crowning gold and purple and gold, of course. Now, according to Reebok, the collection was built to shine a light on the important work these organizations uh, continue to do and to pay homage to those who fought against racial isolation and racial barriers on predominantly white college campuses through the founding of these groups at the start of the 20th century. Uh, the 
collection actually dropped yesterday. So I'm looking forward to take a look, maybe pick up some pink and green for myself. Hello, Soros. Yeah, and hopefully there's a percentage of that that goes back to these universities. Mm -hmm. I know uh, Ralph Lauren, uh, the Ralph Lauren brand had done something similar. I think mm -hmm. it was over the summer mm -hmm. in partnership with Morehouse College and Spelman College. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is all terrific. It's wonderful that we're celebrating uh, our HBCUs, but we want to make sure that in that celebrating that our HBCUs are also benefiting, right? And so yeah. not just in terms of promoting them, but in terms of uh, helping to fund them and uh, to provide more opportunities mm -hmm. for our HBCU students. Okay, well, it sounds like Reebok may have, you know, been closely working or in touch with, uh, you know, members of the Divine Nine, um, you know, as they've decided to release this uh, collection, you know, during January, a, a lot of the, where the month of January holds a lot of Founders Days for um, most uh, of those organizations. So, uh, you know, I hear you with that. Uh, and uh, hopefully that's the case. I hope Somebody so. Somebody will benefit, yeah. not just Reebok. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Still ahead, Black Excellence was on center stage at the Golden Globes. Plus, Serena Williams posting a major milestone online. We'll have it all for you when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. <laughs> Boom. Soulmates, the Golden Globes were held last yes. night and the award ceremony delivered a night of diversity and black excellence. Finally, four black performers, Quinta Brunson, Angela Bassett, Zendaya, and Tyler James Williams took home awards with Brunson's show Abbott Elementary, also winning for Best Television Series, Musical, or Comedy. It was Bassett's second Golden Globe win when she won her first one back in 1994. You know it for her role as Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It. Comedian Tracy Morgan presented actor Eddie Murphy with the Cecil B. DeMille Award honoring the work he has done throughout his, what, 40-plus year-long career. Morgan joked about the things uh, that they had in common, including being from Brooklyn and Murphy having 10 kids. This year's host, comedian Gerard Carmichael, drew mixed reactions on social media. Tennis living icon Serena Williams has rededicated her faith to Jehovah's Witness. On Sunday, the 23-time Grand Slam winner was initiated at the Jehovah's Witness Assembly in West Palm Beach, Florida. In her younger years, Williams and her sister Venus were raised as Jehovah's Witnesses, but the 41-year-old mother never really put it into practice into her adult years. Now she's reclaiming how she wants to move forward with her faith, her husband, Alexis Ohanian, and five-year-old daughter, Alexis Olympia Ohanian, Jr. Very nice. Yeah. You know, I, I, anybody spiritual walk that gets them closer to the, to the source, to the creator, uh, to, to the most high, you know, I'm down for it. You know, I know a lot of people get caught up in the weeds as to, you know, how you should believe and how you should go about believing as far as the different doctrines and things of that nature. I, I have a tendency to focus in on spirituality, a creator, something bigger than me. Um, um, and and I, I just, I applaud that, the rededication. 
I applaud it. Well, you know, I guess that's that's one of the things that a tennis living icon does. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we love so much about Serena Williams, you know, is, you know, that she's just such an inspiration in yes. so many different ways. Yes. And so on the court, off the court, uh, but this is just another example that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it, that she understands that, that there's something, you know, bigger mm -hmm. uh, than just being on the court. And so kudos to her yeah. for doing what she needs to do to be able to, to show up and be a powerful demonstration of what it can look like to thrive. I agree. All right, speaking of a powerful demonstration, Motown Gospel has announced the signing of award-winning artist Latasha Scott to an exclusive license agreement via her own label, Made Girl Music. Latasha is best known as a member of the multi-platinum selling R&B group Escape, providing uh, lead vocals on some of the group's biggest songs, their big hits, including Who Can I Run To and uh, The Arms of the One Who Loves You. Latasha is preparing for her debut inspirational project project slated for release a little bit later on this year. All right, I'm excited to share this one. NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders, Coach Primetime, has received another accolade at the start of the new year with the introduction of the GQ Sports Style Hall of Fame. Sanders joins two iconic men from two other sports, Allen Iverson and Derek Jeter, to be the first three inductees. GQ just released the first of the three covers, honoring the three legendary men for the new GQ Sports Style Hall of Fame. Give him his theme music, please. <laughs> you know, listen, whether you agree with his exit or not, um, he has had a hell of a year, a, a, an amazing run at, at uh, Jackson State. And uh, look, based upon that, it is it is predicted uh, that uh, he will be able to turn uh, Colorado around. And uh, I, I support him in that. Uh, because of what that what that stands for and the and the barriers he continues to to, to push through uh, and 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 make a way for those who, who may be coming after him and uh, I believe that uh, his legacy uh, will continue to be on point and uh, I like it the covers you know D has always been a handsome guy to me little eye candy on the cover him and the other two let's do it I mean and it's, <laughs> and it, and it's so fitting it's so fitting because yeah. He's always been a fashionable guy. Mm -hmm. He's always been super stylish. Uh, he's always been, mm -hmm. again, a leader on the field mm -hmm. and off the field, and not just in terms of, of football, but, you know, I think a lot of people have looked to him over the years in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, what's what's in style, what's in vogue, and what's not. And so mm -hmm. um, I think it's well-deserved. It's very fitting. I oh, think yeah. they are some of the best-dressed and most stylish uh, folks that we've seen in, in sports over the years. And mm -hmm. so we love to see it. Congratulations. Mm -hmm to them and uh, yeah. kudos to GQ for even creating uh, that kind of uh, Hall Wayne. of Fame honor. Mm -hmm. That's right. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin plans to support young people through education and sports with the $8.6 million in GoFundMe donations that unexpectedly poured into his toy drive fundraiser after he suffered cardiac arrest in the middle of a game last week. He will also use proceeds from the sale to uh, the sale of uh, new t-shirts uh, emblazoned with Did We Win along with his hands in the shape of a heart to raise money for the trauma center in Cincinnati that treated him. Hamlin, who uh, live tweeted through his team's victory over New England on Sunday, also tweeted Tuesday that uh, he has returned to the Buffalo to Buffalo, but is still in the hospital being evaluated.
created. The 24-year-old has teamed up with uh, the Giving Back Fund, a nonprofit that helps athletes and celebrities manage their charitable giving to host the Chasing M's Foundation Charitable Fund. So if you love a good cookie as much as I love a good cookie, you're going to love this story. The 2023 Girl Scout season is officially underway. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> and what better way to kick off the season than with a new cookie? Mm. The Raspberry Rally. I love the name of that. Mm. Raspberry Rally is, is similar to the popular Thin Mints, but includes a raspberry filling instead. Ooh. Boxes will be available to buy online only. You can also order uh, other popular favorites, including Samoas, we like those, mm -hmm. and Adventurefuls until April. Mm -hmm. We are gonna have so many Girl Scout cookies around the studio, we're not gonna know what to do. But the Thin Mints, adding a little raspberry to that, mm. Let's give it a try. Mm -hmm. I'm a classic Thin Mints. Yeah. I love whatever you, they call the peanut butter ones. Oh my God, I oh, eat yeah. a whole row of them things. Uh -huh. That's my girl. I I think they're designed for us to eat a whole I roll. I think, of and then the shortbread, you know, and it's it's like it's like it's like trying to get your hands on something forbidden. You have to find a Girl Scout. You have to get these cookies. <laughs> they're like mob during this time of the year. <laughs> like little girl, give me that doggone cookie. Just <laughs> 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 give me how much it costs. Give me this cookie. A lot of times, it's, uh, we at uh, the news station I previously worked at. Yeah. A, a lot of uh, my coworkers' daughters were Girl Scouts, yeah. and they would come in, and the whole newsroom would just go nuts trying to sign up uh, for the cookies in advance. And then on the day of delivery, it was like, dun. Da, da, da. And we just ate Girl, Girl Scout cookies all night long. So you know what's going to happen now? What? Now, now that, the, the, that the secret's out, that we are our cookie lovers, <laughs> you know a lot of our soulmates, their little Girl Scouts yeah. are going to be hitting us up. I know, I don't They're going to be tweeting at us. And, They're so and, good. And getting in our, our DMs, so talking about, hey, you want to buy some cookies, Miss Courtney? So good, so good. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, uh, there's more black excellence when we come back. Yep, don't go anywhere. You're watching Fox Soul. Black Report. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Look, <laughs> <laughs> a cookie monster Man, somewhere listen. inside. They are so. HBCU grad is one of the first black women whiskey blenders in the U.S. to release her own bourbon. That's right. After parting ways with the A Distillery in Kentucky, where she spent years blending and creating award-winning whiskey, Alabama A&M University alumna Ebony Major released her first whiskey since leaving uh, Bullet Bourbon after filing a lawsuit against the parent company alleging unlawful discrimination, desperate treatment, and retaliation. That suit has now moved to arbitration. Her company, Major Spirits, now offers the Dread River Master Series. Hmm. Very, very nice. All right. Uh, and lastly, Courtney, yeah. yeah, you attended uh, a uh, really grand mm -hmm. opening mm -hmm. uh, just last night right here in the Detroit area. I did. It's an opening dear to my heart, historic in nature as my childhood friend. Our dads were, were besties. It's now the owner and operator of a Chick-fil-A in Livonia, which sits right outside of Detroit. Yes, girl. 
There is uh, Vicki Hardy. Congrats to her and her family. Uh, community leaders, dignitaries, family and friends gathered last night to officially open and bless the store. As you can imagine, you know, the road to owner and, and operator was vigorous and very long for Vicki, but she says it has all been worth it. The store actually uh, opens up to customers tomorrow and they are already prepared for the mass <laughs> descension upon uh, that restaurant. But it, it was a good look. Um, an, another uh, shoe-in for minority owners, especially in the Chick-fil-A franchise, which is just difficult, generally speaking, to, to become a franchisee. And that was about a five to seven year journey. Wow, so we had a that chance long? To, yeah, we had a chance to gather last night. Like I said, her and my dad were childhood friends oh, and wow, athletes in wonderful. the Detroit area, so we've known each other since diapers, and it's just, just, a, it's just a good look. So congratulations, Vicki. That's fantastic, that's fantastic. And, and what a tremendous uh, opportunity for for her and for her family. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking that's that's generational, generational wealth. wealth right there. That's generational wealth Matt right Alistair, there. Can I be Courtney uh, Hicks Hardy Lanier? <laughs> can I throw in a Hardy? I mean that's how close we've been. Well, I'm the Cordelia Corte. I'm Courtney Hicks Hardy Lanier. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Stay, stay lifted. lifted. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great time. That's great. great.